0: Hey guys, welcome to episode 21 of Biomast I uh, appreciate you guys listening to us on the live stream uh, That we just now got up About 25 minutes late But that's that's cool, it happens sometimes uh, Or if you're listening to us out on iTunes I uh, wanted to really appreciate uh, Some of the feedback we've gotten this week uh, We've got a couple of questions from the uh, From the, the uh, player audience At large that we'll, we'll tee up tonight um, But we've got a, a pretty compact show for you, for you tonight We, uh, all of us had a really busy week And uh, we, we just really wanted to make sure that we got a good show in for you. It might be a little shorter than usual, but we wanted to get a good show in for you this week. Uh, so we've got uh, Killer and Killer are our guest tonight, and we've got uh, myself, Pokey, and Soraya. And we're going to start out with intros, and we're going to run right into a little bit of a CPM1 update from Soraya Zell. Uh, after that, we've got uh, a few, few basic questions. Or a few basic topics, rather. Excuse me. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the uh, million T- million clone challenge, uh, which is ongoing as we speak. Uh, after that, we've got a little bit of a discussion about the fit of the week, which was a pokey uh, a pokey draven special from last week that was co-opted by Bam Havoc. Now wrenched from his his greasy bacon filled hands, back by uh, pokey pokey draven, and he'll be taking the uh, the lead on that one. And then we'll have a uh, a couple different uh, minor topics that are working their way around the uh, the Dust and Eve community. So with that, uh, we'll start with some intros. Killer, why don't you tell everybody who you are, brother?
1: Um, wait, what?
0: Uh, okay, Sorry. so the the one time that you don't talk is when we're doing the intro. Okay, all right, can you, you mind doing an intro so everybody knows who you are, brother?
1: <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, just had a little bit of technical trouble. Uh, I'm Killer 12. Uh, don't really have anything that I have. Uh, used to be CEO of Corporate Raiders, operated the Thunderdome. Uh, don't really have much else to say.
0: Well, that's that's good enough for, uh, for government work, or at least around here. Pokey? <laughs> I'm
2: Pokey Draven, CEO of OSG Planetary Operations and co-host here on Biomast.
0: Awesome. And Sri Zell.
3: I'm Srai Zell, CPM1 member and uh, leader of the Top Men Alliance.
0: For the record, uh, Pokey and I have arranged this so that anything that comes out of Killer's mouth, Sarai is one hundred percent totally responsible for since he's the alliance leader for Top Men. So we just wanted to make that make sure that was on public record.
2: Don't sue us, please.
0: No, yeah. Yet, notice when he said when Pokey said us, he meant me and him. Just saying. Yeah, you know, uh, Zell
2: is free game. I mean, go for him. That's that's fine. He's he's CPM. He's got connections
0: and stuff. That's right. That's right. And he he did say he was the leader, which implies responsibility for all the members of his organization. So, uh, Ace Riot, what do you uh, what do you have going on in the uh, CPM world this week?
3: Um, it's uh, it's been pretty quiet. We um, we had one meeting uh this week with uh, CCP rotati. Um, it was uh, pretty productive um, and that's, that's really all there is.
0: Okay, cool. Um, I'm just curious, but are there any, any specific areas of feedback or stuff like that, that the CPM is trying to ferret out of the community right now on the, the heft or behest of CCP or any of your own, uh, you know, sort of individual interest? Uh, uh, I like we can anything help you and
3: everything, with? anything and everything. I'll take it.
0: Okay. Good deal. Good deal uh let's see so i think the first thing we'll talk about is uh the million clone challenge and i want to say that as of less than 10 minutes ago according to the tweet by ccp frame we're at uh 2 million some odd thousand clones already killed so uh you've hit the million clone challenge i think you've hit stretch goal one and you're continuing to drive on. And I think, and like my memory is probably totally shot on this, but I think we're at least on par, if not a little bit ahead of the pace from the first new clone challenge.
2: Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. I mean, there's obviously been some concern about player activity and whatnot, but it's good to see that people can still get out there and and participate in this and perform just as well if not better than we did last time. So I think that's pretty
0: cool. How about you, Zell? What do you think, bro?
3: Yeah. I mean, you know, for me, and being uh, being, you know, uh, on par with where we were or better, hopefully, um, just, just proves to me what we, you know, what we've been saying, which is that, uh, you know, player activity is in fact up, not, not down.
0: No, I I think that's that's actually a pretty, pretty legit way to look at it. And, uh, you know, like a lot of, a lot of people talk about this, uh, it's, it's kind of the whole, um. You know what's going on with the community of Dust? Well, I think the I think the simple fact that a lot of people just got to come to grips with is that the community on Dust is a very different community than it was six months ago. Uh, a lot of the vets that were around from closed beta or or around the time that the game launched, rather, um, they're just simply you know they're frankly not here. Uh, you know, for a variety of reasons, which we've talked about, you know, in a lot of different forums. Uh, it, and it, it just kind of is what it is, but that doesn't mean that there's not not folks playing, and, and there's not, and it doesn't mean that there's not a fair amount of folks playing. Uh, and I, I think the uh, the results from the Million Clone Challenger are, uh, are I'm not going to say that's proof positive, but it, it probably goes a a long long idea when, well, at least a, a long idea is oh, pff, correction, a long way towards uh, giving some credence to that idea.
2: Yeah, and like I said, if anything, it's encouraging to see that people can actually still log in and play uh, despite, you know, issues and in recent releases of other games. It, it's good to see that we still have a pretty strong community and that they're willing to to get out there and earn some, some SP, which I think will also kind of help. You know, people get 3 million SP in their pocket without a ton of effort. They're probably a little more encouraged to go try out some new things, maybe reinvigorate some of their interest in the game and whatnot. It takes away from a bit of the grind. So I think that's good.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, Iron Wolf actually said something I thought that I I was thinking about earlier today, um, you know, on the show last week about where there's kind of a break even point for any given role or or suit in the game where if, you know, once you hit, uh, you know, somewhere in between the 15 and 20 million range uh, in terms of SP and it's kind of floats between suits, but um, that you're kind of maxed out in that role slash, you know, racial variety. And it's really time to move on to something parallel, Uh, and, and I think once you hit anything above the 20 million SP point, uh, when you get more SP, it's not about the fact you're getting more SP and that you're, you're going to be, you're going to have that, that many more advantages over people. I think that helps keep people interested because they get, you know, a chunk of, you know, sort of, uh free or bonus SP that they can quickly invest into another role and, and, you know, start enjoying that rather than sort of petering off their activity just because they don't want to grind again. And that was, that was one of the things I was thinking about in terms of the veteran community. And then for the newer player, for the new player community, I I don't like, like I'm trying to remember when I had like, you know, like seven or 8 million SP, like if somebody like, just magicked me up three million SP when I was at that point. That'd be that. That would have been a just an absolutely huge game changer for me.
2: Yeah, I think it it works on both ends, like you said. For for a newer player, that three million is huge. I mean that that's going to get you a proto suit and, and some good support skills. And, and for the vets, it, it offers some additional variety. They can play around with uh, having to deal with the, the usual grind. So I think it's it's going to be a good thing. I think it came at a good time. So props to the the event team for that one.
0: Yeah. Now, and, and, what, and the the interesting thing is, I thought the uh, the requirements for it weren't weren't all that bad. And I mean, was it um, ten matches, and you can you ten can blast matches. through that? Yeah, you can ambush blast through that is, pretty quick.
3: Ambush, easy to just go through it, and uh, you know, ambush is actually pretty solid gameplay right now too. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. We'll talk about that in a second. The uh, th- that that was something I was going to specifically hit up with you on Shrya. Um So now, I guess my question is. Um, where do you think we got, where do you think we go from here in terms of, uh, community events?
3: Um, well, I, I think the next, uh, thing hopefully is, is, uh, something pertaining to the sidearms. I think, uh, I, I would like to see them do, you know, what they did with the, the light weapons and, and stuff
0: for, uh, oh, like that, like naming rights.
3: That'd be fun. Um, I think, I think they had mentioned before the idea of doing it. Um, you know, when people were asking about sidearms, um, so that um you know, I'm sure they'll put in just a, a straight up bonus s p um weekend at some point again since they do that every so often um i I'm not sure is there anything like new you'd like to see that's that's the sort of thing too that's that's really great feedback because you know obviously everybody loved the the good old Keldari prime event, but that's a huge huge time investment to to build something like that. But there may be, you know, if anybody has any ideas for other small events that could be done with what we have, um, you know, we can definitely pass those along.
0: You, you know, honestly, I, I would really like. I mean, I think you've heard me and Cross and S and B talk about it before, but I, I would really like something that was not related to, like KDR. Um, uh, you know, something that can benefit, um, uh, you know, different roles and classes. I, I'm not sure how I'm not sure how to do it. I mean, you can always get into like. Uh, I don't know. Or um, points, you know, yeah. more points healed, you know, or you know, like damage healed, stuff like that, or something like that. But I actually remember the old, the old more do event where you had to, It was like installations hacked, and you know, installations hacked, destroyed, and mm-hmm. you know, all this kind of stuff. I, I would actually like an, uh, you know, an event more like that. Um, that was not that just was about pulling fun. the trigger.
3: That was, was kind of crazy, though. Actually, the the actual burn through to get. To uh, complete that one was yeah that complete.
0: was legit that was hard
3: <laughs> that was that was a really harsh one that's that's the one thing that I would say there is that I'd be concerned about is that was a burnout week I, I got done with that event and I just like okay screw it I'm done for a well, while
0: well I think <laughs> that, that, you know, I, that was a tough one I, I would say that I think um I, I think they really need to stay away from grind events um, I, I don't think that the game's in a place right now where that's that's a good idea. I think things that are, are, uh, kind of sharp and pithy. Uh, you know, I like the weekend thing. That's actually where that actually is a good idea uh, or something that stretches you to do it one of two ways. You either make it very short and sharp, like over a weekend or, uh, you, you stretch it out like over a month, you know, something, something, something big and meaty, but you give them a month to do it. Or
2: something even where it's more based off of a single game, where you have like your average war point per game over the the course of like a week or something. So
0: yeah, I, I mean, you, can- you know, something like that would be would be pretty cool. But like I said, I, I would I, I think something less shooty, you know, would be maybe the way to go.
3: Okay. You, you
2: can have a number of uh, you know, objectives there to Mr. <laughs> Mr. Lodgy. Yeah, there's, there's no bias there
0: at all. <laughs> but well, come on, officer, up yeah.
3: tools. I on. I detect I think, just a just a, just a wee bit of bias.
0: Okay, all right, come on now. <laughs> no, no, but ser- in in all honesty, that, that I think it would be pretty cool that you you could wrap a lot of different categories, kind of like that Mordu event. That was that was one of the one of the early events outside of Caldari Prime that really stood in my mind because you had this. I want to say it was like six or seven different uh, tasks in there that you had to work through or you could work through. I think it was Um, four. Well, no, because it was, it was hacking. It was five of them. It was hacking installations. Um, It was was a lot of little things like that. I I can't remember what it was, but like I said, I I don't know what their, what their limit or what they're, what they can do in terms of data pool to, uh, to that you can base events around. I mean, I know like, you know, like killing and, and counting kills and stuff like that is pretty easy, but um, just to me, I would, I would try to do something that would break up the variety a little bit.
1: Alright.
2: Yeah, I mean, jokes aside, I think I think Jay's got a point that most of the events so far have been really heavily focused around combat, and I think mixing it up and, and kind of what getting What is a some, combat game? Well, <laughs> you know what I mean. It's typically like kills or, or whatnot, so I think it'd be kind of good to have focus on other other aspects of the game that aren't just killing. Or...
0: Now, now, here's here's the other option. Um, be, because I know that you guys have have done some initial work and gotten some um, some good stuff in terms of uh, increasing like uh, LP payouts. What if you ran like a faction event where it where your where your participation? So imagine like an SP event, but it's more like an LP event, and it's it's all about uh, you know X number of of matches won. Uh, per one or lost, it's like matches played, and then you get a bonus for matches won in terms of like uh, by faction. But you do it, and so, but you got to run the numbers in such a way that like if you want to play for Caldari, then uh, over the course of that of that week or that weekend or whatever that faction warfare push is, that if you want to hit the goals for whatever the big bonuses are, it, you're it's you're really going to be driven to to really picking like one maybe maybe two different factions to play for the entire week. Um And it's got to be structured in such a way that you can't um like if, 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 if it's only about winning, then like, if, if you're just losing, if, if you're losing every match, you're going to, everybody's going to pile on the one side, the one faction warfare side. But I think that would be kind of cool if there's a way to structure maybe a faction warfare event where it was more about LP bonuses, Uh which I think would be kind of an interesting way to reinvigorate that.
3: Yeah. Um I think I've mentioned myself that the want for for a Faction Warfare-based event, now that we've had all the improvements made to the payout there.
2: Yeah, because I I like that the Faction Warfare in Dust is a little more flexible in terms of who you can fight for than it is in EVE. But at the same time, I think there's not enough incentive to actually remain loyal to a particular faction. So I think, like Jay said, if you, you have a system set up where it encourages, encourages you to fight for just one or two maybe for the event, I think that'd be kind of cool. Because, again, I, I wish you were more encouraged to actually stick with one rather than, you know, whatever you feel like for the time. Yeah. So just out of curiosity, since we're, we're still kind of on the, the million clone event here, uh, what are you guys going to spend your SP on? Your, your three million SP or whatever you're going to end up with?
3: I haven't really decided yet.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. That's that's actually harder to figure out That that's harder to determine than it was to earn the SP.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a little torn myself. I might go into Minmatar Commando. I'm not sure yet. I already got the, the Glente Commando maxed out, but the 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 swarm combo would be would be pretty fun. So, I'm, I'm looking at that, but I'm not quite sure yet either myself.
3: At my point, I may be topping off like high high proficiencies, and uh, I think there's a couple of the sensor skills that I don't have level five on yet, and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, I might actually buy uh, systems hacking five. I've been putting it off for way too long. Oh, you don't have systems hacking
3: five yet? For shame!
2: I, I've had it at four since like day one. <laughs> since, since we had the uh, it's the
3: such a fantastic skill. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, gonna yeah, find Juro
0: and tell and and tell on you. I'm I'm a
2: tanker, dude. He doesn't give
0: a shit. <laughs> no, no, but you, you, Jesus Christ, you've been playing since, since Dust was like pre-alpha. <laughs>
2: pretty <on>. much.
0: <laughs> no, that's that's it's actually pretty interesting. I don't I don't know. I I kind of I'm I was actually leaning towards what um, uh, you know towards Zell's idea because I've I've sort of recently been playing a little bit more heavy and uh, like really maybe topping up the uh, the HMG or uh, maybe hold you know like. A, like a million and a quarter million and a half and put it all into forge guns or something like that. Um, that, that was kind of my thought was basically to, uh, round out the heavy role a little bit, whatever, uh, a little bit better in terms of the, uh, the weapon skills or, uh, the other, the, that was my option. Number one, my option number two is actually to continue to pile some SP into light turrets. Um, cause I'm, I'm enjoying that quite a bit. Like I, I don't, I have very little SP into vehicles, uh, period. Uh, other than a little bit into labs, but I have been getting uh, some good utility out of putting the SP into the light turrets themselves because that's that's pretty. Th- there's a lot of utility that because I can always you know hop into somebody's dropship with the right turret, or uh, I kept my my labs out you know to you know ba- you know fit it around around the, the turret skills I've got. So that, those are kind of my two options.
3: I still only use labs for one thing: point A to point B.
0: I tell you, if you, if you want to, to work on a very different style of gameplay, uh, like don't treat the lav as a, you know, a throwaway plastic taxi, um, actually trick it out, get some modules, put some SP into it, um, and, and, and try to, you can like solo or, or pair up in it. And I tell you what, you can... Shit's deadly if you if you really know what you're doing. There, there's a couple of guys out there that are extraordinarily good at uh, um, you know solo laving, and they are very very proficient. Uh, it's it's a good it's an interesting game style, and I think that um, if the labs if people would actually put SP into labs and the modules around labs, they can be a pretty wicked tool on the battlefield. Uh, to be honest with you, the number one hindrance to a lab is the fact you can't lock the thing.
1: The skills that you need for operating a lab in that manner are, are very similar to operating a salt dropship. And, I mean, the amount of mobility that you get with a dropship, the amount of uh, the fact that you don't have to worry about someone stealing your dropship because you're up in the air and those people are down on the ground, uh, it makes it where being in a lab is not as attractive of an, as as attractive as an option.
0: No, but I I think you gain some flexibility and some different tactical options. Um, You know, like I said, there's a few guys out there that are really, really good at it. And uh, it it really depends on the style of gameplay that you want to, that you want to work on. Um, I've, there's, there's a couple of players I've met, like they can solo or they, they put one buddy in the truck with them and they can effectively hold down multiple outside points just, You know, go screaming across the map at, like, Mach 2, and they're blazing away with the turret when they pull up, and they're usually quite good with that turret, too. Uh, They're in a tanked-out heavy suit, jump out, smash some people right there on the point, hack it with their hacking skill to five. I'm looking at your name on my screen now, Pokey. Uh, And then then they hop back in, and then they tear tear ass over to another point and rinse and repeat. Uh, They're not going to hold anything, but they're very effective at... um, you know, sort of like smash and grab sort of uh, point flips, which is a great way to hold down like, a, you know, secondary objectives on a map.
2: Yeah, I think also if we could perhaps bring back the Logistics LAB as an actual true support platform, that would be amazing in terms of modifying the dynamic of the game. I think that... While we had them before, they weren't actually used to support vehicles. But I think they gave labs more of a actual role than they have now. So I think if we could bring that back and maybe make it more of a support and less of a you know impossible to kill death taxi, that'd be pretty legit too. So maybe down the line, you guys should definitely push for that in the CPM. Well, if you
1: could return not just the uh, logi lab, but as many of the old vehicles that were taken out. That would be, I think you'd make a very large amount of people happy, and also that would go and spice up vehicle combat uh, if you had the enforcers and the marauders back, a lot you drop ships, scout LAVs and such.
2: Yeah, I, I think as long as they don't just drop them back in as they were, because I think that... While the variants were awesome, they didn't really perform the way they should have in terms of actually fulfilling the roles they were supposedly assigned to. So I think we actually take some time to rework them and really make them what they're supposed to be and then get them back in the game. It's, it's a lot of work, but like you said, I think that would be uh, very appreciated by the community. I think it would actually add quite a bit to vehicle combat, which is admittedly pretty stale right now.
3: And that's definitely a hot-fixable thing.
2: Yeah, I mean, you're, you're just modifying stats and, and slots and whatnot and maybe tweaking some existing behaviors. I mean, I would really love if you could actually get the, the rep tool on the launch LED to actually perform in a manner that was a lot easier than it was before. Because locking on with the camera before was a real pain in the ass. So I, I, again, don't know the technical limitations of some of that. But I think that if you could actually pull some of the the magic you guys have been, I would <laughs> look at the- Bro, here. Um, I think that'd be pretty awesome because I've always wanted to play that vehicle support role, and I really have never had the ability to because the, the logistics ship that really had logistics capabilities was that Logi LAV, and it was very difficult to use and, and not very effective in terms of actual viability on the battlefield.
1: And that, and on the same note, uh, a lot of modules. That, and this is more. This is something I'm not quite sure about if it's just a pipe dream or if it's something that could be uh, fixable If you could return things like heat sinks um active oh no uh active damage mods are still in it uh passive damage mods uh other things that are a little bit mm, different spool up mods um remote reps remote shield exte- um not shield extenders um transporters
0: yeah transporter. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, it's total. I, I like a total free cop on you here, but one of the things I always wish that they had incorporated into Dust was uh, capacitor, like in, in terms of uh, particularly the vehicles, because uh, we use a lot mm-hmm. of cooldowns and stuff like that. I don't. It's probably just you know the the Eve dude in me coming out, but that was always something I thought would be an interesting mechanic. Uh, well, I do you like know your me, idea I about think, shield transporters?
3: You know me. I think I think that the. Uh whatever we did for for uh vehicles and dust uh was uh not not workable and i think that they need to be completely redesigned for any future game
2: let me ask you this now um i i hate the whole cooldown duration uh, the way it works at least for vehicles i don't like that you know, you you pop your thing for a couple seconds, and then if you want to turn it off, you got to wait the full duration to get it back. So, I mean, it, it kind of goes along the lines that we talked about last week with the uh, large missile turrets that, you know, the, the full cooldown for a partial use is kind of a pain in the ass. So, curious, um, can you make vehicle active modules perform... More like, say, like a, a cloak works in that you know it, it. Once you turn it on, it starts consuming you know its energy, and then when you turn it off, it recharges at a certain rate, opposed to having the the full uh, cooldown duration that we currently have.
3: Um, as a hotfix? Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. You you'd have to ask uh, you know someone who knows things. Well, you, you
0: should ask
2: them your <laughs> your CPM.
3: Yeah, maybe write it up.
0: I kind of do actually like that though that's a that's a pokey you just found like a really good example of how a capacitor like system would would actually probably look in dust uh, I, I kind of like that. It's
2: effectively a capacitor for each module. It's got its own little pool of energy, which, you know, decreases and recharges over time. But it's a little less complicated than the EVE capacitor system. But I think it it gets the job done in terms of actually performing in a way that is a little more dynamic and less static in the the duration cooldown system.
0: You know, I think that um, one of the things that I've always really wanted to see was active modules on suits um you know we we 've got them in the vehicles i've i 'm a huge fan of uh um, you know like you had a tech two uh tank like at a marauder, and you could actually fit some equivalent to a bastion module uh or like on a heavy you you have a some sort of an equivalent module like a hardener uh that you could pop it and, and for you know seven to ten seconds you're 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 pretty untouchable short of like a, a main gun round from a tank. Uh, I always thought that would be, but have like an incredibly long cooldown time, something like that. I always thought that that would be a pretty, uh, a pretty interesting way of working it. Um, and, and some of the, some of the, uh, the different modules that, that we run that are all, that are essentially, they're all passive bonuses. Uh, things like damage modifiers and stuff like that. You know, I, I, damage modifiers are in, in Dust are one of those things that I really wish you could either make active or there was some kind of different component to just slapping them in a, you know, slap them in a, in a, in a high slot and, and boogie in with them. Uh, but I, th- I think that that's one of those interesting things that um, in terms of what you could explore, like what you could do with, uh, with the hot, hot fixes, if it was something that you could change in terms of the, um, the background of the module itself to make it work slightly differently. Uh, that's probably just on the other side of doable though. Yeah,
2: I mean it's it's kind of a matter of of like I've said before, you know what can we do now to get the maximum benefit for you know the least amount of work, and once you hammer that out, you can kind of move into stuff that's a little more effort intensive, but you know you get kind of a, a bigger bang for your buck in, in in that regard. So I think further down the line, it's it's definitely worth exploring some more advanced concepts like
0: that. Yeah, no, I, I can totally see that. I think that would be a pretty cool. Um, like I said, I think that'd be a pretty cool, pretty cool thing. Um, let's see what other stuff that we got out here that we can kick around. Um,
3: team balancing.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah. That was on my list. Hey, actually, sorry. Could you talk a little bit about how, like how they came about doing that and, and sort of what the effect has been?
3: Well, I, I mean, uh, Ritotti had, had posted up that thread and he, he, I didn't really hear anything about it before he had posted the matchmaking mm-hmm. feedback thread. Um, and, uh, you know, but they, they went at it and, and, the thread feedback was there and there were beautiful graphs and charts. And, uh, he rolled that out, um, like a, a day before he announced it this week. Um, and, uh, you know, everybody has been incredibly positive about it. Um, it isn't, um, the, the big thing is you're still pulling the exact same 32 people that would be in, in the, uh, in the match either way. Um, the only thing that's affected, um, and so you know, the the selecting the 32 people is what affects the queue time, and so that actually shouldn't really have changed. Um, but the big thing is the way it's balancing those the teams in the among those 32 people for a match um, is is very different, and uh, it seems to be immensely better. Um, I was playing, you know, this weekend and, and uh, getting all my matches in and I was doing Ambush. Um, but, uh, I, you know, Ambush is usually a horrible, horribly balanced game mode that it goes one way or the other. It's usually just one side farming the other team. Um, I had the first match I played went down to like uh, seven and seven clones um, at one point left on each side. So really balanced, um, really well done. Um, I haven't had a single table fla- flipping match this weekend where I I just wanted to just, ugh. which you know that's that's a big thing because you know I, I'll be playing Dust and there will be a point where I'm just like ah, this, is, this is ridiculous and I'll just have to step away and I don't have that with the the, the new matchmaking so.
0: Well, I'm I'm just curious. Do you what? when you say they're like, it pulls the same 32 people, but it sounds like it's how it selects, like what side they're going on. Is, yeah. There's something in, involved in that. Do you know what, like, what do they look at? Like SP KDR? What, what's the, um, what are the, what is it? I, I would go of?
3: back and look into that thread, but it's, it's got, um, it, it there's, there's this, like this mu value that's used for, uh, for rating players. And it's, it's not a user visible, visible statistic. I've, um, I, I'm not sure exactly what it's based on. I think they went a little bit more into it in the thread, and I'd have to go look. But
2: it's actually pretty cool stuff if you really kind of dig into how they they checked the different correlations between, you know, uh, win losses and and how that correlates to SP amounts and levels and and KDR and whatnot. It's it's pretty nerdy stuff, but if if you're kind of into that, it is pretty interesting and in how they broke it all down. It's it's pretty well thought out.
3: Yeah, and I mean, you know, the the big thing there was um, that the existing system, I, if I remember correctly, um, the primary issue was that uh, it tended to put all um, everyone very close together. Um, whereas this system is a little bit more spread out, so it's easier for the system to discern who should be on which side.
0: Well, I guess okay. So my question is. Um, It's obviously not breaking up squads, right? It's just it it does some sort of calculation like on the individuals and then it figures out your squad equals X score and then it drops you on one side or the other.
2: Yeah, it applies a squad multiplier as well because there's obviously an advantage to working in a squad. So by being in a squad, it actually raises the overall mu value for that group a little bit higher than uh, the the sum of the players.
0: Has this killed the Q-sync then?
3: Um no, this is as far as I know, I think this is pubs only, um if I remember correctly. Um but I'm not sure. I don't, I, you know I, what, I, from, I'll be from honest my with you from if, my if understanding the... it it and I don't think it would kill um it couldn't kill Facwar Q syncing because um you select a specific site on that.
0: Yes, no 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 so, I'm trying to So this that. would
3: this would definitely be pubs because it's just, uh, it's taking your thirty two people that are gonna be in a match. And uh, deciding which side to put them on.
0: I, like it just struck me that like I, if uh, and you there's been a lot of can't debate about pubs it, anymore, which you never uh, should
3: have been able to. So
0: well, yeah, okay, sure, all right, I'll, I'll buy that. Uh, I don't know that I agree with it, but I'll buy it for the sake of discussion. But the, uh, I think, well, here's here's what I, here's what I say. I think that if um, if they make it impossible to queue sync in pubs, that's fine. Uh, but what they need to do is then make it easier for me to bring a whole team in uh, for Faction Warfare. And and if I think if you did that, uh, everybody keeps saying you know Faction Warfare is going to be horribly imbalanced. I, I, I actually think you're going to see a lot more really, really good Faction Warfare matches that way. Uh, because you're going to see squads from across multiple corps sinking. It's not going to be guys just inside one corp. Uh, you're trying to you treat it like a pc i think you're gonna see alliances actually much more active again uh, if you generated that sort of k if you made the divide that sharp much sharper between pubs and faction warfare i think that would actually be a healthy thing
3: yeah i could see that and uh, another point in that of course is um you know my personal um stick to to you know shake is that uh, faction warfare should be it is okay for it to be harder and incentivize people to work harder at it because it should, um, it should reward better than pubs.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think that's absolutely legit. Um, now I, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, I know we've gotten the, uh, the triple LP bump, you know, which is good, but it's, you know, frankly, it's a heck of a lot better than it was, but it's still, um, uh, it's still pretty thin, pretty thin sauce there, uh, in terms of payouts. Uh, have you guys had any engagements about potentially, um, looking into that further?
3: Um, I've, I've mentioned it a few times. Um, yeah, I would like to see, um, I would like to see them raise it higher, um, the payout. I want to see more things in the LP store. Um, and, uh, you know, that's one of those things, more, more things in the LP stores is not, um, a a difficult thing for them to do. It's just a really time consuming thing for them to do. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if they mentioned adding FACWAR stuff on the Delta narrative. Um, I think it, I think it was on there.
0: I thought, I thought when they first released it, there was discussion about that on one of the, uh, you know, sort of blue tagged posts.
3: Yeah. I think, I think it, I think it was on the narrative. Um, but, you know, whether or not it makes it is, is whether or not they had time because there, there's – it's just – it's such a big time-consuming thing to do um, that, uh, you know, is, is prioritized between, you know, fixing the ga- game balance or adding things or, you know, whatever
2: yeah it's time consuming, like you said, but I think it's also really important to get people more interested in fact war because I mean for me, a lot of the reason I'm not as interested as I would like to be is that it, I can't get the suits that I use from fact war so you know that would definitely right. broaden the, the range of people that would want to play it because they could actually get what they're they're going there for
0: yeah now i now I do have a question um this is something that you hear s and b talk about a lot um, the the overall uh, cost of doing business in dust, like either in terms of payouts or the actual cost of things in the store, uh, is there? Do you foresee them at some point, like balancing that, like the like with the same level of uh, focus that they've balanced, uh, like in-game play activity?
3: I don't know. I mean, I, w- I I definitely would like to see more payout across the board, but I wanna I do want to see, particularly, um, a higher incentive. Um, to fac war, so the point would be that if pubs also need a raise, I think both need a, Both need a proportional raise, um, because I think that that should should be used as part of a way to kind of encourage people to gate off to their ability level. Um, but yeah, I mean, one of, one of the the big things is that if you have if you have a, a very heavy incentive to be very conservative in your spending, um, you're going to be less aggressive.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it's, uh, it's you a know, driver.
3: It, right. More money means more things to shoot people with.
0: Yeah, I mean it, it also strikes me that well there's two things I think you have to work it in two parallel tracks. One is um you know you got to actually work on the payouts which we've talked about and, and by the way I'm a huge fan of uh you know I- incentivizing fact war and, and and making it uh more advantageous to to stay with like one faction. Like I'm I'm hugely in favor of that. Like, I actually think you should get a better bonus uh, to your standings uh, than, than you get now. And you should also get a much deeper hit when you, when you, when you fight like cross faction. Uh, so that that's one thing is, is actually incentivizing, incentivizing the payouts. But I'll, I'll be honest with you. And, and like that, you know, I'm, I'm solidly in my my boys cross and S and camp on this. The cost of doing business as a lot, as like a logi is is pretty expensive. Uh, I think it's more along the lines of understanding what the relative cost uh, per roll is and how that works. When you start, you know, laying out high-end suits, uh, it, it's 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 pretty expensive. So that that's one of the that's one of those things that I would I would like them to look at is literally the cost of things in the store and and even that out a little bit maybe by roll. And then actually look at the payouts and, and further highlight the difference. And I like your idea, is that you incentivize faction warfare um, through payouts. But I also think you should, we should take a page out of uh, Eve's book and and maybe uh, you know highlight uh, that faction choice matters at least more than it does now. If that makes sense. Yeah, and
3: giving people a reason to play in a particular faction should help balance out the faction play as well which a lot of times people pick their faction based on right now which one's going to get them the easiest battle.
0: Yeah, you know, or and this is by the way is to your point about what's in the LP store. A lot of people base that on, wow, I really need rep tools, so I don't care what faction I am, I'm going to play Mimitar. You know, there you know, I don't right. care what, you know, what other I don't care what suit I'm running or what what else I'm doing, but in order to get that one tool I need to go on to you know, I, I need to jump these faction war for matches I I don't think that's a great idea. Where it's that limiting, I, I think there's got to be some uh, I, some yeah, even amount of things.
3: I think there should be a strong encouragement to use your factions gear, but in the case of lo- like equipment, that needs to be universally available.
1: Um, if the loyalty point store could put like one variant just for each faction to have one variant of an item like there to be a for kaldari sure you have a full line of and, and nanite injectors and you have a full line of um uh what's it called uh nanohives
0: yeah yeah
1: but you can also get a uh special uplink you can also get a um yeah just get, get
0: one line, yeah it's one you gotta you have to have at least something that gives you an option yeah.
3: Right, I mean, I don't think you should be offering, um, you know, rail rifles on the Mimitar store. But when it comes to equipment, I think you have to you have to have the the full flexibility there.
0: Yeah, and well, I can kind of buy that because a lot of the a lot of the particularly the assault suits and the commando suits, a lot of those bonuses are based around suit tags. So that now that totally makes sense to me. But it's when you get into the it's the equipment and the modules right. that you really have to pay attention to because uh, that, that's where the bulk of your options lie. And that's where, I, I mean, it, it just actually like killer's idea where you can access everything, but obviously the things that are, uh, you know, specific to your, to your faction are, you have the most robust suite uh, or options in, in the LP store. And and that's, I think that's a very legit way to do it. I I like that. I like, kind of like that idea actually
1: like in uh in eve you have you have the full selection of uh, items but you also have like if you're going for Minmatar, you can get a de- you can get a bunch of things for projectiles but you can also and you can get a decent amount of things for missiles but you can also get a little bit for drones you can get a little bit for energy turrets for hybrids but you're not necessarily going to get great implants for that
0: yeah. N- that's very true. And, well, that, well, I mean, there, there's a lot of stuff in there in terms of, um, you, you know, what would be really cool? I'll throw this one on you. All right. So do you remember when they had those uh, like $9 packs uh, uh, of several months or four, five, six months ago that were, it was like the state protectorate pack. It was the, you know, the Republic, you know, so-and-so pack. Yeah, that you sounds know, familiar. The, remember that? Uh, and you got like a, a full line of of suits, uh, or, you, you know, you got like a hundred of, you know, uh, advanced and proto like assault logi and And I mean, you had a, a, it was a pretty good pack. Actually. Uh, what I would like them to do is almost like how you, how an Eve you've got, like the Navy issue suit or the, you know, like if you had the, if you brought that pack back, uh, like literally just, just as though it is, um, it was toned up, and And you tweak the stats on it a little bit, where it's almost like you know like the navy issue stuff uh where it was a little bit higher end or a little bit slightly different bonus, I think that would be a pretty cool way of doing it as well, and it probably wouldn't be that hard to do, frankly I mean Zell, do you think that's possible?
3: um yeah, I mean you have to um you can ask about it,
0: okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, that's probably it's probably the best answer. Then uh, you know, see if we can explore that a little bit. But I, I think that that you've got like a ready-made source inside the game already that you could do that with. And then, like I said, it's just tweaking the tweaking the numbers in the database at that point.
2: Yeah, I think whatever can really add some more depth is going to be great. I think war is one of the parts of Dust that's actually done fairly well to to a large extent. So. Yeah, like really I love to listen and kind of hammer that out and really push for it and, and make it the best it possibly can be because that's it is good stuff. and It really is a nice taste of the Eve, uh, the Eve world and in the whole experience.
3: I I think it was the best system that we we've had in the game. It just it just hasn't really you know the rewards incentive wasn't there, so there wasn't a good good enough reason to play it. Yeah, and
2: that's improving. I think really flushing out the store and making it uh, a little more useful and attractive to a wider range of people is also going to go a long way in helping that. So. Yeah, like like uh, like Jay said, I think encouraging a little bit more loyalty without hindering it completely, and you know, giving people more options is going to be is going to go a long way, in making it even better.
0: Cool, cool. All right. Uh, let's see what are, what are the things we had to kick around on this. Mm, let's see. I think we covered quite a bit, actually. We um, can
2: uh, go over our fit, each of our fit of the week. Oh yeah, like. fit
0: of the week. Outstanding. All right. Well, uh, do you want to lead us off, Pokey?
2: Yeah, I'll start off. Um, One thing I kind of wanted to try, I thought it'd be kind of interesting with the the million clone events, since it's going to be mostly ambushed, I kind of wanted to see what it would be like, is uh, you see a lot of talk in the forums of people saying uh, the idea of the the sidearm-only Laji, and you know, I've always stated very fervently that I think that maybe giving a, a Logia sidearm only is going to really hinder their ability to be support role but I wanted to, to give it a shot so all week long I've been running uh, Mimitar Logia in particular with only sidearms to see what it's like and uh, it's a real pain in the ass <laughs> I gotta say you know uh, I feel really hindered personally I, I don't think it works really well at all so I, I guess my fit has just been a Again, I, I keep it cheap. It's just a, a Sever logi suit, uh, two shield extenders, uh, an armor plate, and an armor wrapper. And then a uh, locust grenade, uh, SMG mostly, uh, locust grenade, uh, injector, nano hive, and a repair tool. And just kind of trying that out with different sidearms and whatnot to see what life as a sidearm-only Laji would be like. And I got to say, it's it's a pain in the ass. So I, I'm not a fan. I hope we never go that direction. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can totally see that. Uh, let's see. Killer, what do you got for your fit of the week?
1: Uh, whew, goodness, it's been, it's been a while since I've even um, looked at my fit. Sorry, I'm trying to think. Uh, used a just normal Galante scout with four. Uh, actually, no, I tried out with a uh, four four reps and the lows, and then I think uh, precision in my high. It's either precision or melee mods, and then just shotgun, submachine gun, and you know normal stuff, cloak, etc. Not just, didn't really have anything fancy. Hmm.
0: Okay, um, I I, I, I use this because I basically did a blitz of ambushes to get through the uh, the million clone challenge, and and like I've only been able to play maybe. an a total of two hours this, uh, uh this week, frankly, uh, th- for a reason I'll explain here in a little bit, but the, um, I actually wanted to take a page out of a, a couple other people's book on this one. So, I played a lot of heavy. I used the heavy suit, my Cal heavy, all the way through basically the same suit I talked about last week. Then I started just kind of fooling around. So what I did is I had a lot of like onesies and twosies and threesies of modules and stuff. You, you've got like a gazillion of these at this point in the game, you know, like laying around in your hangar. So I put together a uh, uh, an assault suit, a Cal assault suit with uh, like dual SMGs. Had a lot of fun with that. Uh, so basically I was running a regen-based uh, Cal assault had uh let's see energizer recharger two complex regulators um as that's sort of the baseline for the active tank uh and i think i now i didn't i don't think I put a Kincat cat on it or, or i don't think i put or a green bottle but i, I thought i put like some kind of uh either either the speed or the endurance when I had a bunch of them left over but uh threw those on and i I basically ran like uh a let's see an Ishcon assault SMG and a, uh, a mag sec. And I would swap them back and forth. Uh, and, and I had like, a, I've got a ton of SMGs laying around. So I was mixing and matching with breeches and other stuff like that. And I actually had a lot of fun with that. Uh, so dual SMGs on a region, uh, like an active tank, the Cal, Cal assault suit. So that was my fit of the week. Uh, Zell, what do you got?
3: Um, I've been playing with uh, my uh, assault rifle and rail rifle uh, this weekend. So um on a Caldari assault suit, uh, mostly mostly either shield uh extenders or damage mods in the highs and uh nothing but fitting modules in the lows. Generally I need a little bit of a CPU and power grid boost.
0: What kind of rail are you running?
3: Um I think it's the uh standard uh standard advanced tier one.
0: Oh no, yeah, I, I didn't know if you were running like the like the 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 base model or the assault. Base model? Oh, okay. All right, I got you.
2: Actually, just out of curiosity, I don't know much about the rail rifles. What advantages do you feel that the assault gives over the, the standard rail rifle?
3: Um, when you're talking about uh, close quarters, anything, um, the rail rifle's a joke. Um, if anyone gets within, um, you know, 15 meters of me, it's done. Um assault rifle is if like, you're dealing he
0: means done not in a good way right
3: <laughs> yeah yeah no if you're it, like you only want to be using the rail rifle if you're dealing with people at, at range well I, I was speaking
2: more in terms of the rail rifle versus the assault rail rifle the variant
0: oh okay. it's it's about it's about DPS application that what what they've all right I what thought you were asking about a... my
3: assault rifle versus my rail rifle yeah. Yeah. So, now, what, it's very what... confusing
0: what they've done is essentially a really good, like if you look at, if you take the model that that Ratati's using to sort of um, make a very linear and hard and fast line with DPS and, and range, uh, he, he did exactly what he's, he's wanted to achieve and what, you know, a fair amount of the community, frankly, has asked for. So the rail rifle has the lowest level of DPS, like the base rail rifle in the longest range. That's no secret. The the problem becomes uh, with the base rail rifle, it is, it, it, it can be surprisingly hard to actually deliver the DPS because, it, and that's the one beef I have with the model that they're using is they don't account for enough other factors with the weapons um, because the DPS on paper doesn't mean that you can put that DPS on a target uh, right. and it doesn't account for enough tactical scenarios. so. And that's what, and I think you heard like me and Ghost talking about is like the actual, like the straight up Proto Calakio Rail rifle. That that thing is is now become a fairly niche weapon. It, you, it's not something you want to run around in, uh, particularly if you're if you're in a serious match, uh, unless you you're in a very specific spot or you're you're guarding a certain. Um, certain approach or you're on a certain point in some maps now the assault rail rifle and i use the assault rail rifle probably 75 percent of the time you know when, like at least when i'm not using uh, like a heavy that one is it is you can actually apply more dps uh you trade a little bit of range uh, and you lose the scope which is actually quite good on the on the rail rifle uh, but you have a, a little higher rate of fire the charge mechanic is still the same and that's and actually, what I would tell you is, um, and this is this is just my gut, you know, for me personally, is I would rather have uh, kept the DPS or maybe shaved the DPS on it a little bit, but give me almost no charge time on the assault rail rifle. Um, like, b- bring it down noticeably, because the issue is it's in close quarters. You can still really be, you know, be at a disadvantage. Like if somebody pops out with a... Uh, like a well, an A C R or an S G or, or dare to say a shotgun.
3: I think that's the point to be very disadvantaged in, in close range. No no yeah,
0: I got it. But the but here but here's the yeah, I'm I'm with you. But the but I the, the other point is that the variance of the rifles uh, should be able to at least mitigate or negate a lot more of those disadvantages if you go that way. They they, they get closer in the in the realm of trade offs. Um and that's that's the thing that you know, we're never going to see four variants of rifles right now for for all the racial lines like you have for the for the Galente line. But the the, the problem you get when you start working the uh, the numbers. I'm a big fan of like you you should make the we- the difference in the weapons matter. But when they matter that much that you can you can become totally gimped in the middle of a game because of it is is a little shaky. I mean, it's in Eve it makes more sense because you can control. Time and space in that game a lot better in a first-person shooter. It's way more dynamic because if you think about it, if, if you're telling somebody you shouldn't, you should not use this weapon in close quarters. Yet the point of the game is to close to a panel and secure the panel. Um, it, it's it's problematic.
3: Well, there's this, there's a standing point that not everybody playing the game should expect to be the one hacking. They can be open, you know, clearing the way for others too.
0: Yeah, yeah but like no, you no, said i before. I'm totally with you on that. It's like you said play. before, though. That,
2: yeah, it's you also have to understand that what percentage of engagements actually happen at a point in which that that range is going to be advantageous versus you know a more of a middle range weapon. So, I mean, there there uh-huh. is definitely a trade off in terms of map design and how that's going to actually work.
3: I've been finding you can't give up more times than not. I prefer to have my rail rifle.
2: Oh, okay, that, I mean. That's fair enough. I mean. Not everyone may agree, but I mean, it, I, I can see if your playstyle is hanging back and you aren't as, as much into the fight, I, I can see that. You just don't want to usually, get to a point where.
3: Usually it's just because when I'm, unless you're on a socket, you're probably going to be dealing with people. You're going to be, if you're trying to close the range, you're going to die before you get into, into good assault rifle range. Right,
2: I'm not saying that it's necessarily wrong right now. I'm just saying that you don't you want to you don't want to make a weapon that's gimped so much to gain range beyond what's actually useful is what I'm
0: really getting at. Like for for example, the um, if the, if you take the rail like the the assault and the base rail rifle, I, I'm I'm totally sold that you can go with like lowest D, lowest DPS and uh, longest range. I, I I will I will buy that model with. With the clear caveat that you need to look at the other mechanics of the rifle. Uh, So, for example, the rail rifle has the highest recoil and it's got a charge mechanic. So delivering the lowest end of the DPS is harder. And and that's something that you got. I mean, you have to take that into account. In theory, you would want to make it easier to deliver the lowest level of DPS, and you'd have a much higher recoil. You would swap the recoil from the assault rifle and the rail rifle. If you think about it that way, that's that's what they should do. Um, You know, and then you can get play into the dispersion game and all that other jazz. But it's something that's that's at that level of DPS delivery, it, it you need to be able to very consistently and regularly deal uh, its peak DPS, which is already going to be substantially lower than that close-quarters weapons DPS.
2: Yeah, I think you've got a good point there, because when you make something in the assault variant, you're effectively saying I'm pushing the range down and raising the DPS up a little bit, because I mean that's what variants are, is they, they kind of push the weapon towards a certain range and DPS level, so... I think it's a pretty valid point that when you do that, you need to make sure you're compensating for what's actually happening within the weapon and not just applying a, a variation on how it fires from, you know, bumping up the DPS or bumping up the fire rate from a lower fire rate and taking off a scope.
0: Yeah, I mean to be to be honest with you, um and, and, and trust me, I like the day the rail rifle came out, I had uh, a little over, like right at 2.6 million SP saved up for it. And I dropped it all on the rail rifle the day it came out, good or bad, I was going to take it, take it all. Um, what I would tell you is that uh, because I use the assault rail rifle, mostly what I really should have done was sunk all that SP into combat rifles, because that's a far more versatile weapon. Uh, and, and you, you can, and again, I would, I will say it till the day is long, is that the vast majority of engagements are at a place where everybody in that engagement can can affect the other player with their weapon. So the the percentage of times that you can truly be be in a serious position with that uh, rail rifle to do to do damage and other people can't get to you or can't hurt you uh, is is relatively low. I'm not saying it's 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 like that all the time, but it's relatively low. So, well, it's halfway between the sniper rifle. Yeah, and and and, and again, you know, to my point is that right now the way the rail rifles are set up um it's no it's a somewhat effective tac AR uh but the tac AR you can actually use in close quarters better. Um uh, and it is clearly uh clearly outclassed by the combat rifle and the breach AR. Uh, that that's you know, or even the burst AR to a degree. So that that's that's sort of my my comment. And it's not about just DPS. It's literally just about mechanics and game and the ability uh, to de- you know deliver lethal lethal rounds.
2: Yeah, because I mean, you you want to make the weapons feel different from one another, but they can't be differ. They can't differ so much that they you know they they get too niche. And, and I think that's kind of what you're hitting at is that you don't want to make it so it's it's so Extreme that it, you're gimped in almost every other aspect of the games. I mean, like we said before, the the combat rifle does kind of land in the middle of everything, and that makes it very flexible. Where the rail rifle is actually probably probably the most extreme of all the rifles in, in that it's it's very limited in certain ranges and, and uses, where the combat rifle is not. It's it's pretty effective on in almost any situation.
1: Well, that's similar to how the laser rifle is, where you have that sweet spot. You go below the sweet spot, you're not going to do anything. go above it, you're not going to do anything. But if you get in
0: there, people are going to melt. Yeah, no, I, I think that's. And, and the laser rifle does, you know, like a good laser rifle user is frankly more valuable than a good rail rifle user a lot of times, you know, based on the relative usage for both those weapons.
2: Well, and that's kind of the difference I, I see between what I would consider like a, a general use weapon like an assault rifle versus a specialty weapon like a, a laser rifle or a shotgun. The the specialty weapons are extremely focused on a very particular range and and uh, purpose where I think the assault rifles in general need to be a little more flexible in what they're doing. So I, I think in that regard, it, it works well. It's just a matter of making sure you get that, that balance between versatility and, and specialization.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's maybe a fair point. It's a little bit you know, maybe, 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 I'm not saying it is, but maybe it, it has become a little bit too specialized. Uh, and the other thing, it, it, you know, I a lot of guys will tell me, he's like, well, yeah, but the, but the AR, the, like the plasma rifle is, it's short range. So it's got, it's got the opposite disadvantages I, The the issue with that is you can overcome those disadvantages because of the variance of the rifle much easier than you can with the rail rifle setup. Um, and so, you know, that being said, you know, like I said, I'm, I make no bones about it. I've got a lot of SP invested in the, uh, in rail rifles, but, you know, knowing what I know now, I might, well, I, I might very well have put it all into combat rifles um, just because of the versatility that that I can, uh, that I can use those, you know, that, that weapon system in, in just a much longer, uh, a much wider degree of tactical situations and frankly you know the assault rail rifle is or correction the assault combat rifle is pretty goddamn legit in close quarters and the standard uh standard combat rifle out to you know mid to long range is incredibly effective it's got a good aim down sight system and and you can deliver some quality dps Uh, and it's a very easy to use weapon it's fairly accurate don't have to fuck with the charge time. Everybody, everybody beefs about you know like well yeah, but you can't just spam the trigger anymore. Well, sure, but you can still deliver a, a lot of burst damage uh, real quick. So, like I said, it, it, that's that's this is coming from a guy who's like a, I think I'm all fives but one category. I have got like one four, one level four left in, in the rail rifle. So I'm sunk in as far as you can go. And what I would say is I, knowing what I know now and how things have balanced out, I. I would have picked a combat rifle just because it's it's so much more useful.
3: I guess. I mean, um, I, I definitely. I know I mentioned uh, somewhere in internal um, discussions that uh, I think the rail rifle had been kicked in the head enough times and that they could stop nerfing it.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, and, you know, one of the things that I, I was I would like to see them do is is basically lay out um, sort of like an increment system, like hey here's increment one and we're going to look kind of like what they did with the rifle the rifle data this time um uh, i'm, I'm kind of glad that they, they they're going back and relooking at that data but frankly i'm just um because we have a have no test server i I, th- I think i would be overly sensitive of massive changes i would do incremental changes with a with a clear eye of like okay we're going to change it to a uh, and we're going to look for the following pieces of data to see if we're we're in the in the groove that we want to be, and we are prepared to go to a plus or a plus plus in terms of either a buff or a nerf. Uh, and when you know, like when they lay out the idea for you know, suit weapon, you know, something like a major system in the game, something like that. So that's like I said, that's that's one thing I would like to see them do is take more advantage of the hot fix tempo, uh, and and perhaps be. Uh, very deliberate about the increments that they want to use. Uh, and I would like to, frankly, to really open up the uh, to other mechanics other than just DPS and range. Okay. So I think we've been going at it for almost an hour, guys. Um, we we'll get a couple guys who's got to bail out here in a minute. So we're going to, unless anybody's got anything pressing, we'll we'll go ahead and kind of bring this one to a close and uh, start some shout-outs in a second. You guys okay with that? Sounds good to me, Sounds wonderful. Cool, cool. Uh, Killer, you were our guest tonight, so how about you lead us off with shout outs?
2: Um,
1: uh, shout out to everyone in Top Men, uh, even though I haven't been there. Uh, shout out to everyone who's in Mullen and helped me with getting some Eve stuff set up. Um, shout out to the guys in uh, Hunan and Munan. Uh,
0: and I think that's about it. Okay. Cool. And let's see, Sarazel.
3: Uh I'm going to give my shout-out to um, Killer for coming on the show. So we had a guest. And um, a shout-out to uh Ratati and Logibro again for uh, everything they do, which makes our lives more wonderful. <laughs> All right, Pokey. Uh,
2: shout-out to my corporation, OSG. Um let you all know that I did the unspeakable and actually lowered taxes uh, for the Corp and I lowered them oh. to 0%. So, as, as Jay keels over and has a heart attack from shock, uh, <laughs> just uh, letting you guys know.
0: I'm, I'm fairly confident that means you're going to raise them to something ungodly at some point.
2: Yeah, it's just for the event. I'm putting it up to like 35% after this. So, you know, enjoy it while you can.
1: Well, time to go and get on my OSG <laughs>
2: You're yeah. like the goons Goons have a really high tax rate I think For nah, all the nefarious things I do behind the scenes Didn't you
0: know I, I have seen some corpse in Eve With a ridiculously high tax rate uh, and, and they're very active Corpses it's, it's a little surprising So um, It's called
3: communism
0: No you laugh It's <laughs> yeah, I'm dead serious Like I I, I operated for, a long, for Until very recently Um up around Black Rise, and out towards the north side of the Kaldari area, that's where the like the Russian enclave is, dude. Like, like they've they've got they've got Corpse up there with like seventy percent tax rate. Like, like I mean, it no depends shit. on what the
1: Corp does.
0: No, I mean these are like active like gankers. Well, no,
1: but I mean <laughs> if I mean it depends on what the Corp does. Like, as I mean, if
3: you're running a it's industry corp, you may they may be yeah. providing you everything in exchange. Yeah.
1: I mean, communism, yeah. Uh, I mean, it could be a, it could be like a mining corp. Because if, I mean, if you don't have a lot of people who do PVE and missions, and
0: No, no, this, no really like these eating. guys that I'm thinking of, they're, like, they're, they're the security squad. So I think they're, they're like the Russian Spetsnaz commandos that, that now have no job. <laughs> and their, their, their job <laughs> is to troll people in EVE for, for rubles. So I, I like that's they have like a seventy percent tax rate, and they sit there on every gate in low second and uh and sec that goes into the Russians territory in uh like super tank gnosises and vagabonds just waiting on some poor scrub to go in there to try to run a mission, and oh, then they man. just they just shake him down like you would not believe it's like yeah, I mean there's a
1: lot of people who just sit on fucking gates like they uh there's a lot of people who like to sit on gates. It's annoying.
0: Yeah, well, it happened. That's right. Um, let's welcome see. So, oh, go ahead, Pookie. I was just
2: saying, welcome to New Eden. That's just the way it is, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely. No, I, I think you're. I think you're 100 spot on with that. So, shout outs for me. Um, I've got one major shout out. It'll be to my new corp in Eve. Um, I'm flying with Agony Unleashed now. And I really, really top, top shelf group of guys. Uh, probably the best small gang PVP outfit that I've seen like ever. Uh, and and you definitely, I'm definitely having to like work like hell just to keep up with them. So, uh, big shout outs to the guys in agony unleashed, uh, for taking me on. And I really appreciate that. Now you, like I said, great group of dudes and, uh, we'll be seeing you at a yellow box near you at some point, I'm sure. So with that guys, I think we're going to bring uh, episode 21 to a, to a close and we really appreciate everybody. Uh, uh, all the support we get, you know, we say that every week, but, but we're very serious. We do get a lot of, uh, a lot of feedback here and there, uh, you know, either on Twitter, or c- occasionally email uh, in game quite a bit. So uh, I do appreciate that a lot. Uh, and I know that Soraya and Pokey do as well. So, guys uh, we will see you and great great job with the million clone challenge enjoy the free SP hope you hope you skill into something new you've never done before with it and keep playing a little bit longer so with that we'll see you guys next week